0: ish hakiki, which is unconditional. It's an embodiment. It's, it emanates out. It has no, no desire or no need for anything to come back. Uh, it's a cup overflowing. Um, it's not directed at anyone or anywhere or for any reason. It is an embodiment of what you embody. Um, has got nothing to do with anybody else. It, it literally is just who you are. Is an embodiment of love. Um, And all who comes into your presence experience being unbelievably loved. But it's not from you. It's through you.
1: Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. This podcast is part of an online community at solaceandshine.ca. It is a platform for those yearning to remember their true purpose. We are coming to you from Ishtadev Niwas Ashram in the Purcell Mountains of beautiful British Columbia, Canada, within the unceded territory of the Tanaha Nation. The Solace and Shine podcast dives into teachings from the soul's ancestral roots. The teachings are here so that we may embrace the human experience and live it with beauty, courage, and creativity. These teachings will make you want to lean in and shine wholeheartedly together in community. Allow me to introduce to you our host and guide, Sannyasi Shivani. Shivani has worked as a medium and a spiritual teacher for the last 20 plus years. Through her dedicated practice as a renunciant and a teacher of yoga, she guides community through all aspects of living and in embodying spirit through foundations of love, service, yoga ecology, and elevated esoteric teachings. Are you ready to embody your light? Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. Hello everyone, this is Chai, a long-time student of Ishjadeva Niwas, and welcome to the fifth episode of our second season. In this beautifully educational 2020 Karma to Dharma lecture, Sannyasi Shivani describes a higher love. It is the love from Anahat. This love is all-pervading, unconditional, has no expectations, and is constant. It is a frequency that is not directed at one person or one thing. It is a frequency that comes through you and is the foundation of the fifth dimension. As I listened to this lecture, I had to smile and laugh because Sannyasi Shivani really smacks you in the face with the truth of what we humans have been accepting as love. Attachment, grief, martyrdom, love as a currency... All of these things we continue to repeat and teach to our younger generations. The answer, she explains, is that we are supposed to rise in love, not fall in love. And to experience this higher love we associate with those that have had that experience, who know or who embody that frequency. Because we can do this. We can learn to embody this Anahat, fifth dimensional, all-pervading love by seeking the experience of it from our gurus, from nature, and from the Sangha that we hang out with. We hope you enjoy this episode and that it encourages you to observe your relationships, seek that which is the frequency of the fifth dimension, and discover the quality of love that your heart is capable of.
0: Numon Narayan, everybody. This is uh, Shivani. um, And today is all about amore. Uh, I think it was Karuna a couple of weeks ago asked for us to do a lecture on or asked me to speak about love. Um, And I think it's a really interesting uh, topic because love is um, so all pervading uh the first thing I wanted to talk about love is where does it live within the chakra system and of course that is on a heart. so the frequency of love is uh the foundation of the fifth dimension now uh the fifth the fifth dimension frequency of course is is beyond the individual so love that is directed at one person is different is is not is a lower is a lower is a is a yeah it's a, it's a it's a lower kind of of love um love in anahat is unconditional all pervading it has no expectations right um can you imagine a love without any expectations you know, uh, so many relationships we have, so many uh, dynamics we have. It's, I will love you so long as you behave in a certain way. So long as you don't do this. So long as you do do this, and and that is, if, if you don't, then I will withdraw my love. Um, you see it in marriages. You see it with children. You see it all all over. And this is really coming from the archetype of the martyr, um, where love becomes a currency, right? Um, that can be withdrawn or it can be given. And that's not love, which is something I think we all really need to wrap our heads around. Uh, There's a Sufi um, saying Uh, of the two different types of love. And Swami Naranjan speaks about this really beautifully. And actually next week, you'll have an opportunity to hear him say this directly. But I wanted to um, introduce you to the concept now so that you can mull over it for this week. And then when he speaks about it, hopefully it will add another layer for you for next week. Um, But there are two different types of love uh, in Sufi terms. And that is um, the head love, which is uh, Ishq Mazazi. And ishq mazazi comes from the intellect, and it's uh, sensual and sensorial. Um, it is—it's the love that we try and bring into our lives to overcome some sort of vacuum. So to overcome loneliness, um, to overcome our own ideas of isolation, um, that we. We love through this sensorial, sexual, sen, uh, sensual way um, to feel loved. Right? I always thought it was really interesting this concept that uh, a woman needs to feel loved to want to have sex and a man has to have sex to feel loved. I don't know if this is true. Um, and I think it's interesting that we are using this dynamic of love to feel something, which, of course, throws it down into Swadistan, which is not Anahat at all. Um, that love, ishq Zizi, is about personal satisfaction and how you are feeling, um, whether it's feeling worthy, feeling lovable. Of course, I am lovable is the affirmation for Swadistan. But feeling lovable and love are two very different things and we really need not to mix them up, Yeah. Okay, uh, so Ishq Mazazi uh, is, um, is this love, and this love is where we fall in love, you know? Swamina so, I mean, always says, uh, we should not aspire to fall in love, right? Because we need to rise in love. And this kind of brings us to um, uh, Ishq ha- Hakiki, and Ish-hakiki is a selfless love and is the love of Anhat rather than the lovable of swaristan. Um It is selfless. It is unconditional. It's a, it's a combination of uh, devotion, conviction, dedication, and uh, faith. And of course, remember, like in the foundations of Muladhara chakra of the third dimension, we have trust and faith. And that is like the ice or the H2O that is mirrored in Anahat, which is love. You can only love that which you have faith in. Um, And it's really important, I think, to recognize that love and faith are actually the same frequency in different relationships. For example, ice and water are both H2O. We just, the the molecules are vibrating at a different rate. And therefore, as humans, we interact with them differently. Yeah. So love, in terms of ish hakiki, is a frequency that pervades all. It's actually the experience of atma bhav, of um, the attitude of oneness, sub-ek, all one. It's love, which is the thread that is all creates that interconnected, uh, weaving of everything. Um, and Ishka Kiki as love is not, is not directed at anything. It's this, it's this really interesting experience where, it's not about a, a, a transaction between you and an object. There is no object in love in this way. The intellectual love, Ishkma Zizi, there is that, Mazazi, sorry, there is that object because it comes through the senses. Um, and so it gets directed and then it becomes a transaction you know, uh, where uh, the, one, of the, one of the phrases that has stuck with me always is when we are in that type of dynamic of love, um, uh, it's always about what can you do for me, right? We, we expect, you know, that love has expectations of you. And then that type of love has needs of you. And then eventually that type of love has demands of you. Um, you know, so if you're in love with somebody, you start with expectations of them to behave in a certain way, and then you start with, with uh, needing them to behave a certain way, and then you have demands of them to, to behave a certain way, or you're out. Um, this is not love, right? Sometimes this is marriage, but it's not love. Um, and we really need to get clear as a Western society about what that is, especially with our children. Because, you know, there is this, this saying of like, a mother's love is so unconditional and blah, 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 blah. I, it, possibly. Um, and I've seen many, many, many cases where this is not the reality. This is maybe the, the, the truth or the as- aspiration of a mother's love to be unconditional. But it's, it is definitely not always the reality. The reality is, um, is this expectation of how you behave and this expectation of what you're doing and this expectation of, of uh, behaving a certain way. Um, now this uh, Ishq Hakiki, which is this other type of love, this um, heart love, the, heart, the love of Anahat rather than the love of the third dimension through it's a it's a love that emanates out. It's got nothing to do with what comes back. It's got nothing nothing to do with what comes back it never changes on what comes back it's only about what what comes out Um, it's an emanating frequency it's just a frequency that pervades everything and this love to be in the presence of this love now I, I have been in the presence of this love and this was what my first experience of Sri Swamiji was Um, I wrote about it in Remembrance, um, but I'll share it with you here for those who haven't read Remembrance. I was, you know, I was, I was, I think 26. I'd done my teacher training. Uh, I was in India. My head was shaved. Uh, I was, you know, trying to figure out who I was and where I was and what, what, what was this thing in this, in the world and this ashram and all of this, you know, all these people and this, um, so reverent and you know, touching the feet of this old Indian dude. Um, you know, palest Indian I've ever seen. I always say that because it's true. He, he had been inside for so long. Um, he never got out very much and he was incredibly pale and um and unadorned. He, he didn't have anything fancy. He just wore plain gorta, plain dhoti, like like nothing fancy, nothing extravagant, nothing. It was just him. Um you know, my mind, my intellect is like, are you worthy? Are you, are you what they say you are? Blah, 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 blah. And during the, the course of that satsang and in his presence, which is the first time I was ever in his presence, during the course of that satsang, uh, he went quiet. And when he went quiet, I experienced something that was like a little mosquito, sort of, it was kind of like inside of me and it was kind of like checking me out. It, was, it wasn't weird. It was fascinating, actually. Um, and when, when this uh, mosquito butterfly thing had gone all the way down and all the way back up again, uh, I was just flushed with this experience of absolutely, just literally unconditional love. Now, Shusomi-ji never said anything to me. He never looked directly at me on a physical level. Um, we never had a personal interaction at that time. He literally just sat there and bought his mind space into a place where it was just love. Just unbelievably full knowledge, full awareness, love. And it was a pivotal point in my life because I was like, oh my God, that is what we are aiming to be as humans. Mm-hmm. That embodiment of love. And I'm, I'm getting verklempt just, just thinking about it. Um, uh, because it really was a moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm having the experience, not that the love was emanating from me, but I was experiencing being touched by a frequency of love that had no direction. You could tell that this being in front of me was just emanating the most pure, unconditional love that I've ever experienced. And it was not directed. It was not directed at me or anything. It was what he was embodying. And so that's the moment I was like, oh my goodness, this." This right there' is human potential. This is what we have been blessed with human bodies to try and embody is this frequency of love, this unconditional love, and it's a love that when you you are. The experience of it, it's not something you do, it's not something you have, or it's you, there you have no control over it. When you are in that state of consciousness, it's a state of consciousness. When you are in that state of consciousness, wherever you direct your energy, wherever you look, maybe somebody you may know, maybe somebody you don't know, you can look all the way across the field, all the way across. It could be an animal, a bird, a tree, it could be, it doesn't have even have to be human, but wherever you direct your mind you experience that person and meet it with unconditional love. This, my lovelies, is something we all need to prepare for. This is what we need to prepare for. And we have to understand that anything that we experience that is not that, is not real. If it's not love, it's not real. That, that love is, a, is a, um, it's a movement of energy. It's a frequency of energy. It's a frequency of embodiment. And that frequency is the foundation of the fifth dimension. Anything that is individualized is not. Anything that needs is not. Anything that wants is not. Um, you know, there's a lot of things in the West where we're like, you know, we're all so heart-centered and heart-spaced and uh, um. Or, um I think it's, I, I think there's a lot of sunshine being misdirected, um, a lot of smoke and mirrors to what the actual experience is. And I understand that if you haven't had the experience of something, it's very hard to understand it. I mean, it's like, you know, I've, I, it's it's like trying to explain an orgasm to a virgin. It's, you have to experience these things, but this is where faith comes in, is that we're having faith in the in the experience and understanding that the people that we're associating with the satsang and the sangha have had these experiences and if we calibrate to the people that have had these experiences then we're starting to open ourselves up to the experiences which is the transmission which is the lineage right and so i can tell you that once you've had the experience of atma or you've had the experience of of the embodiment of love or being in the presence of the embodiment of love uh, the mind does does not matter the mind can doubt and the mind can create stories and the mind can but once you've experienced it it it, it you, there's no convincing you don't need to be convinced of anything because it's more real than anything you you've ever Interacted with before, Um, and so we may not be fully able to understand it, but that's okay because we're not talking about understanding, we're not talking about knowledge, we're talking about experience and the trust that these practices, that these teachings, that the path of yoga will bring you to these experiences. And this, this is absolutely 100%. My, my experience is the more I have learned to surrender, the more I have learned to witness, the more I have learned to let go, the more I have learned to trust, the more I have learned to all of these things, which is definitely not my first nature. Um, the more I have had glimpses of different experiences of different states of consciousness um, that I do believe are our beloved Swami's foundational 24 hours a day states of consciousness. And the thought of that just blows my mind, which is a good thing because my mind needs to be blown. All right. So we want to rise in love. We don't want to fall in love. Okay. When we rise in love, the experience is uplifting. It's inspiring. It's something that doesn't, um, It doesn't wane, right? Our our experience of love where it's sensorial and sensual, uh, where it comes through the senses and it comes to an object, it has a crest and then it has a decline. Um, It always goes in this wave of ups and downs. Um, And that's not love, right? That's that's a, a version of love that can prepare us for what love is, but it's not actually love. It's It's attachment getting wrapped up in love and not being able to discern the difference, right? Okay. Um, When, I think the the biggest characteristic that I would like to share with you about love is when you aspire to love, there needs be no object. Sri Swamiji often said, do not stand in front of me and love me. I do not need that. What I need is people that will stand beside me and together we can love all. I don't stand in all your admiration coming to me. It's, 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 redundant. I don't need it. Stop it. Right. Stand beside me and let's look together at that, which needs serving. Let's look together at that, which needs help. Let's and, and let's love that. Um, that is how we show love. You know uh, it's not, a, it has nothing to do with the physical, it's a, it's a state of inspiration. It's a state of connection. It's a state of experience beyond understanding. So you have Ishq Mazazi, which is the intellectual love where there's an object, where there's passion, where there's sensorial, comes through the senses. It it's, has a direction and then it needs to be reciprocated. Why don't you love me? You know, I have loved you, why don't you love me? I have, I do this for you, why don't you behave in a way that makes me feel loved? This is not love. This is a martyrdom and attachment and it's gross and it needs to stop, it's natural, okay? You know, we all experience it to some degree and when you know better, you do better. So we have to learn to love unconditionally which means we have to learn to sit in the embodiment of love. And that means we have to come into self-love, right? The love of the self, of the atma, of the soul. Uh, And we do that through um, practice, through puja, through mantra, through worship, through radhana right? Okay. So, Ishq Mazazi, sensorial, intellectual love, where there's a, a transaction and a dynamic. Um, Ishq Hakiki, which is unconditional. It's an embodiment. It's, it emanates out. It has no, no desire or no need for anything to come back. Uh, it's a cup overflowing. Um, it's not directed at anyone or anywhere or for any reason. It is an embodiment of what you embody, Um, has got nothing to do with anybody else. It it literally is just who you are, is an embodiment of love. Um, And all who comes into your presence experience being unbelievably loved, but it's not from you, it's through you. Um, And so I hope that this helps. have a look at your relationships, your look at your dynamics, look at your, uh, experiences, your expectations. Um, look at our children, you know, attachment, we're very attached to our relationships. We're very attached to our children. Um, our children, um, you know, if you have not read Khalil Gibran's uh, *The Prophet*, I do implore you to do so. Uh, our children are not, um, are not our children, but love's longing for tomorrow, or it's 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 something like that. They come through us, not from us. Um, we have to really untangle our attachment for them and calling it love for them. Um, we need to let them be who they are going to be and support them in that, not who we want them to be. Um, uh, we need to look at how we felt or did not feel loved as children and see whether or not we are projecting that onto our children. Uh, it's, the, it's a lot of work. It's the big work. And that's why being a parent uh, is a high sadhana. You know, when you parent from this place of um, unconditional love. Unconditional love is not fluffy. It is not, uh, it is not, it is not, Easy, because we're so entrenched in our society um, with attachment that we don't necessarily understand what the difference is. We think we're loving something, but do we change if they leave? Right? If if your husband passes away, are you going to be changed? You know? Yes, but. Is it from attachment? Because your love for them would be the same, whether they're alive or dead. If it's in their most high as a soul's development to not be in body, then your wish should be that they pass with ease and with love. It should not be that they stay, right? It's like there's this, there's this attachment um, and the human psyche that we into, into, and we think that by grieving somebody, which grief is a beautiful and a natural state and process to move through, but we get it confused with love, right? There's a beautiful, um, man called Martin Brechel who has a online, uh, a YouTube, uh, video called grief and praise. It's absolutely magic. It's absolutely stunning. It's beautiful truths, and um, you know, the, the, the Coles notes is you have to praise the dead tr- to truly love and you have, to grieve, you have to grieve the living to truly love and you have to um, uh, love the dead to truly grieve. We, we, meet, we need to learn to come into love for something whether it's here or not and to understand that our, our desire for something to be here is actually attachment not love um you know Param uh when we wrote our wedding vows um which was very hard for somebody who was as codependent as i was uh when we wrote our wedding vows he actually uh suggested that we put in the phrase i set you free into our wedding vows um i love you and i set you free uh And, and that is the foundation of what our marriage has, has been um, built upon of, I don't need you. I want you. I love you. I love our life together. And if this is not your highest, if this is not where you want to be, then I will never hold you back from where is going to make you to, to set you free, to set you to, to, to light you up, to fly. So um, it's a journey. It's a process. It's an unraveling. It's an unraveling of attachment and grief. Grief, a beautiful and normal state of human expression. But to grieve is not to love. To grieve is to grieve. But it's it's, it's not to love something you can love something without being in grief and sometimes when somebody passes we will often hold on to the grief in this belief that if we don't stop grieving if we if we become joyful again if we start living again if we start dreaming again then somehow we have stopped loving them and this is this is uh something i think in the west we really have an opportunity to Look at and to examine. Anyway, I hope that this is helpful. Um, Enjoy uh, the articles that have been posted this week on love. Um, And next week, enjoy the documentary that we're sharing with you on love and the art of giving and the way that love and service actually come from the same foundation. All right, no more than I am. Be well. Talk to you soon.
1: Thank you for joining us in our Solace and Shine podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share it. We would love to hear what inspired you. And if you have any questions or topics that you would like for us to explore, please leave a note in the comments. Also, if you would like a daily dose of connection and raising of your frequency, join us on We Are, our online community. You can find the link in the podcast description. Follow the link and you'll receive two weeks for free. See you soon. And don't forget, soften and expand.